I can't definitively say whether Macho Man can or cannot talk to cows. All I know is that it would explain a lot as to how he became the cream of the crop. More yeah. Are you ready? If you're not down with that. Welcome everybody to the Two Words Podcast. My name is John, and with me as always, the face that runs the place, Radio Matt. Yo, yo, how you doing today, man? Dude, I am living my best life now. Uh, get a little, get a little Osteen it up today, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Or the best. Every day's every day's a Friday. It's the best life now. Unfortunately, <laughs> it still ain't that good. <laughs> Well, we got a fun show today because today our two words are group project because we're talking about factions. I thought you went with a different two words for this. I did, and then I chose. Okay, so group project. Group project. Okay, go with that. I think. I think. <laughs> I, tentatively, it was best friends. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's just, that's I don't like that. That's weird. You be but now you all know friend. behind the scenes. <laughs> it just took me aback. I'm like, hold on, is this still the same topic? Am I a week ahead? <laughs> oh no! I'm very unprepared. That sounds exactly like something I would do. <laughs> to you. Um, but we're going to be talking about factions, uh, why we love them, why we hate them, and who has too many of them. But first, hey, yo, Matt, did you know that Kevin Owens doesn't eat pie? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> what a story to start with. Um, yeah, revealed on the, uh, what was the name of the podcast? The uh, the Out of Character podcast with Ryan Satine, mm. um, or Satin, uh, Satin, I think, would be the name. Thanks, uh, Satan. He revealed <laughs> that he uh, he doesn't eat pie. He's never eaten pie. His parents didn't uh, really like keep it around the house, and so he's just never had pie. He's never had pie, and any, uh, they asked him. Sort? Yeah, they asked him. They're like, "You didn't even eat the pie that was thrown at your face." He goes, "No, I just wiped it off." He goes, "At this point, <laughs> he goes, when people ask me like, hey, you want some pie?'" I'm just like, "No, I don't. <laughs> no I don't want any pie." Um, and he said, "Now after this interview, I will specifically not be eating." pie because I don't want to. <laughs> and so I thought that was very interesting. Canadian, the Canadian no pie eater. Wow. Uh, hey, yo, apparently there's a reason it took so long for RVD to be added to the Hall of Fame. Why is that? Because Vince thought he was already in it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Hayes said they were having a meeting about, I think it was a 20, it was either 2020 or 2021, but they were the kind two that kind of got smushed together. Yeah. Uh, but they were having one of those meetings, and Vince said something along the lines of, it's too bad RVD's already in the Hall of Fame. He'd be a good addition this year. And Michael Hayes said, RVD's not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and that's why they called him that year. Yeah, pretty, pretty sure he is. Isn't he? And that made Rob Van Dam feel pretty darn good. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, all this time I thought they just uh, didn't like me. They just didn't like me. <laughs> That's great. That just really proves like Vince McMahon makes up things in his head oh, and yeah. just goes with them. <laughs> Which I can't say I don't do the same thing, but 
That's just, uh, hey, yo, are you going to listen to The Undertaker's new podcast when it comes out? Oh, he's got a new podcast? He's going to he's gonna have a new, uh, I think I think WWE is producing it. It's like okay. going to be like another Broken Skull. Another kind of deep interview type kind thing. of thing. Heck yes, um, I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for what that might look like. Yeah. You know? Uh, hey, yo, Tony Khan is claiming that much of the anti-AEW community uh, aren't real, but are actually an army of bot accounts saying that this would be a wildly expensive undertaking and heavily implying that WWE is doing it without directly saying it and double down on it. Uh, he's doubled down on it yesterday. Um, yeah, so he, he says he has independent researchers that know you know a lot more than he does, saying that there's like a group of people who are, who are making you know anti-AEW claims and then a flood army of bots to retweet and spread the message, just like the just like all the elections we've had recently. Yeah, apparently. I was about to say like um, that is that is the most uh, Trumpian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> And I've heard a lot of Trumpian things, but that's just the most, like, no, no, people love my, my show. My show is great. It's all fake. Vince McMahon is in bed with the Russians. Good kids, Vladimir Putin, right on the mouth. Yeah, these are the same bots that stole the uh, election. <laughs> We're going to investigate it. We're going to be back another eight years. Greatest 16-year yeah. presidency in history. Uh, hey, yo, do you think that uh, Pat McAfee is still going to have a job after calling uh, Butch the rabid Wolverine on live television? Explain to me why that's bad. Because that, that was uh, that was Chris Benoit's nickname. Oh, it was. Okay. I know it Does sounded it wrong. Butch the rabid Wolverine. And immediately know. everybody went, oh, no. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah. Wow. I forgot that was even his nickname. Yeah. Um. Yeah, probably. Also, probably a bad idea. Also, can we just can he not be Butch? Can he just go back to Pete Dune? We all knew him as Pete Dune. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of liking the Butch. Butch. Kind of like the Butch name, and I like his character. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm supposed to like his character, but I, do. I think yeah, I think you're supposed to. Hate, I think you're supposed to hate everything that Seamus does. Yeah, they're not going to fire Pat McAfee for that. I don't think. No, he's, and he's, he's not going to apologize either. He's nah. not going to care. He's, he's not too gonna... much of a draw right now. Yeah. Uh, hey yo, Stephen Austin. Stephen, the coldest of stones, Austin, has flat out said that if they want him back for WrestleMania 39, he's in. So, of course, yeah, of course, I mean, I'd like to see more of it. Money. This was not an Undertaker sad decline situation from no. a few years ago, where we're like, just end it, please. <laughs> please this was like, holy it. cow, he can still go. Let's go. We're putting more shotgun rounds into him. <laughs> Make it end. <laughs> Why won't you die? <laughs> Um, hey, yo, I have some goodbyes to say. Ooh. Um, first, I would like to, and maybe you can give me like a, like a ring bell after all these, but, uh. Oh, hold on. I don't have a ding sound. Oh, you don't. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll put post, it in post. Post at it. Here we post go. Post at it. Um, uh, first, I would like to say goodbye to the tag team of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. I barely knew that you existed, and now you've broken up. Um, I would like to say goodbye to the Cody Vader. You were a really dope entrance, but I guess you were, weren't cost effective. I'm not really entirely certain why you couldn't use everybody else's elevator. <laughs> <laughs> like you had to roll out your own elevator. I'm not using Edge's roller elevator. No, that's that's a chump's elevator. 
put a giant elevator. It's a weird elevator right in the middle of the stage. Um, so goodbye to the Cody Vader. Um, and finally, goodbye to Austin Theory's first name. Uh, Austin Theory recently just uh, got he got he got one named. Usually it's last named, but this time they took his first name, and now he's just Theory. Yeah. Wait. Ding. Yeah. Um, at least they, like, at least it wasn't just, like, a sudden thing like most of these are. Yeah. I could just come out, and suddenly I'm just Riddle. Yeah. It's like, he's like, you know what? Just call me Theory. And then whatever bullcrap reason he had for it. But, I mean, at least they kind of explained it happening. That's oh, and one one last goodbye. Sorry, I forgot. Um, goodbye to that random dude's house who thought that he was uh, helping Liv Morgan with her money issues, and so he sold his house, and uh, it wasn't really Liv Morgan. Oh, dang. Yeah. Man. Yeah, uh, apparently a, a guy was contacted over the internet by Liv Morgan, um, over like Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or something, uh, talking about her money issues, and he sold his house Wow! Uh, to help her with her money problems, and That's... now he has no home, and Liv Morgan doesn't have that money. It's too bad. Um, too big of a fan. But... And people on the internet are really jerks. Like, cause there are a lot of people out there like, oh, if you're, if you're that dumb, you deserve to lose your house. Like nobody deserves to lose their home. Nah. Yeah. Like deserved homelessness is really just an awful idea. <laughs> um, and also there are uh, a lot of people out there saying that this guy is trying to scam Liv Morgan into giving him money, <laughs> but being like, I sold my house thinking it was you, darling. <laughs> Is that how he talks? I don't know. I, I assume. I assume it's got to be. It's got. It's got to be. Oh. It's got to be. It's got to be like that. That Alabama, Louisiana <laughs> line right there. Hey yo, uh, not necessarily news, uh, but I just gotta ink this in. The Ezekiel storyline continues with him passing a lie detector on Raw that Kevin <laughs> Owens and Chad Gable put him through, and my dreams for this storyline are coming true. Oh my god! Each and every week, I look forward to. Uh, an Ezekiel versus KO match, possibly as soon as Backlash. But I'm loving it. They're but, doing exactly what I thought they were going to do after that first segment. And he did, uh, he did, um, he did Pat McAfee's show. Did he? As Ezekiel. Oh, I got to go catch that. Okay. And was like, that. you know, when you, when you see me wrestle, it's going to be great. Cause you know, my brother, he, he does great wrestling and, and it's going to be awesome. And it's, oh, it's <laughs> doubling down on things like that. That's, uh, fantastic. Uh, and uh, lastly for me, hey, yo, Dana Brooke apologizes for the wedding, <laughs> but not in the way you think she would apologize, but more like, I'm sorry it wasn't more wedding. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, this is the first, this is the first like wedding storyline that I remember that wasn't the last thing of the show. Yeah. You know, because normally that's, so it was like stuck in the middle and because it wasn't the last thing, it didn't feel as big of an issue. Yeah. But of course it also wasn't because these are all very low card characters all fighting over the 24 seven championship. Yeah. I, I approached you on Sunday and was like, did you know that Dana Brooks, the 24 seven champion? <laughs> yeah. So that I was, was, I was unaware of that. I mean, it's entertaining enough for me. I had such high hopes for Dana Brooke. I really did. Yeah. It doesn't look like that. She comes out and does that, that, that flip, that really cool flip. 
um, whereas like because the top half of her body is so much broader than the bottom half, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like a like flipping a hammer. Yeah, and she kind of shoots <laughs> shoots her legs around the other side. It's really dope to look at. So, <laughs> all right. Lastly, for me, hey yo, QT Marshall. Uh, explained that nerd culture has really overtaken wrestling. He said in an interview on uh, Desert Island Graps podcast, uh, it's a lot harder to get the bigger type of people to come t- into wrestling now. Cody Rhodes taught me this. The culture's changed. It's more nerd culture that has kind of taken over professional wrestling. The other day at TV, Nyla Rose was dressed up, and I said, what is that paint? And she said, oh, I'm Venom. And I remember joking with her about it, like, why would you choose one of the biggest matches of your career to dress up like somebody else? And then I realized, like, okay, there's action figures out of it. Uh, There's other reasons. I remember when I first started, we were taught, hey, pick five of your favorite wrestlers and take a little bit from each of them. And that's kind of how you shape who you're going to be. Nowadays, everyone I ask says, hey, what's your character? What are you thinking? It's always some kind of anime or DC or Marvel character. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't. Big quote. I'm old, <laughs> but I think that's. I think that is is definitely true because you think about. I mean, I, I think New Day have made it more apparent with how yeah. every one of their uh, costumes is now inspired by another geeky culture moment. But like yeah. we had Vega come out as Vega that one time. You that know, we've had dope. these little little bits and pieces of nerd culture influencing costume designs and. And uh, characters, and I think it's true. I mean, that's why that's why Love Thy Nerd wanted a wrestling podcast. Yeah, it's not I mean, necessarily considered a nerdy thing on the offset, but it really is permeating the culture. I believe I said that in one of our early episodes. Like, we yeah. are the nerds of the nerd culture. Like, we are the ones that are still ashamed around other nerds that we like what we like. <laughs> Everybody else, like, oh, I I spent six hours on Pokemon Go yesterday, or, you know, I've watched every episode of One Piece, which I hear is impossible, um, but we're like, we're like wrestling. In the, in the uh, Love Thy Nerd uh, Discord, it used to be, we used to have a separate channel for sports people discussion yeah. and wrestling discussion, and they only recently joined them together into one group. Like first acknowledging yeah. that wrestling is you know a kind of a sport, even if it's you know scripted, it's still a sport. Uh, but now we're in there where every other conversation is an actual football game and what happened at WrestleMania, <laughs> and you can tell these are two very different kinds of people, very different groups. <laughs> Not a lot of overlap. Yeah, which is no. funny. That's great. Well, that's uh, that's it for us in our Hey Yo segment. When we come back, we're taking a trip to Make Believe Land, so stick with us. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. The 
It's all about branding, and Amazon is banking on itself, which of course has been a pretty successful tactic over the years. Amazon purchased IMDb way back in 1998, and in 2019, Amazon branded their new free but ad-supported streaming service, IMDb Free Drive, later renaming it IMDb TV. However, it has lived in relative obscurity, only finding itself on people's radar when their search on Prime Video came up with a show only available on the free service. Amazon appears to believe that IMDb TV is lacking in two things. One, people don't realize it's part of the Amazon set of products, and two, people don't know that it's completely free. And so, to that end, they're renaming the service to Amazon Freebie by the end of the month. And while you can watch classics like Mad Men, Lost, The Princess Bride, Office Space, Corner Gas, and a lot more on that channel, they have also created several originals, such as Leverage Redemption and Judy Justice. Freebie is planning to increase its slate of originals by 70% this year. Let's hope it also increases its advertisers, because binge-watching a show with the same dozen commercials in rotation every break gets old quick in the current service. More new Freebie originals will be announced in the company's New Fronts presentation on May 2nd. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast, where today our two words are group project, and we are talking about factions. Now, one of probably the our favorite factions, one of everybody's favorite factions, you never hear anything bad about them, is Evolution. Mm-hmm. Evolution being uh, Ric Flair, Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista, a young Randy Orton and a young Batista. Yeah. Um, and it really changed at the time. It really kind of set a tone for groups at the time. Yeah, um, it, it was it was kind of post the faction era in WWE for for a while. There was a good chunk of time where we didn't really have any big name factions going on, and then Evolution happened. Yeah, and with Evolution, I think what what made Evolution really really great, and we can talk about this a little bit later too. But um, you know, everybody had a purpose mm-hmm. in in what they were, and so you had the old timer in Ric Flair. Who could kind of be there to watch over everybody and, and kind of nudge people kind of, in certain yeah. ways? You had semi manager you know, role. Yeah, you had Triple H, who was your veteran. He was he was active. He was the general of this group. You had your heavy in Batista, who could just kind of run up and start mugging people. And then you had your rising star in in uh, Randy Orton. In Randy Orton, yeah. um, and all of those guys. I mean, obviously, they're all Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, or future Hall of Famer in Randy Orton's case, but the minute he stops wrestling, they're giving him a ring. Oh, absolutely. Like, they may have an extra Hall of Fame <laughs> ceremony just so they can do it, like, right away. Um, so I thought it would be fun uh, if we kind of tried to bring an evolution back, um, not in the way they tried to bring evolution back a few years ago um, at WrestleMania 30, or right before WrestleMania 30, uh, when when Batista and Randy Orton and Triple oh, I H forgot about that, yeah, kind of feuded with the Shield. Yeah. Um, that's when we got Blue Tista. Yeah, they wore that Blue bright Tista. blue ring gear. <laughs> um, and so Matt and I have each put together <clears throat> our own. Uh, imaginary stable yeah um this is cross-promotional this is i mean you know 
Whoever this is dream, dream this team. This is Dreamland. Dream team. Um, and so first, uh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go fine. first. Uh, my old timer. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bully Ray. I think that Bully Ray is smart. I think that he can he can talk just as well as anybody else. Um, and I think with the list of guys that I have, he will he will kind of be able to steer things in in a certain way. I'm definitely going for less of like suits and private jets and more like uh, motorcycles and Metallica t-shirts. Okay, okay, okay. Kind of thing. Um, who is your old timer? Oh, okay. We're gonna do that. Okay. We'll do, we'll do it this way. Uh, Okay, so uh, you might think my ideas are cheating a little bit, but my old timer is Triple H. Okay, so moving I have him a really the, hard time moving yeah, away from Triple moving H. Moving him from the veteran to the old timer role, I think he'd be a fantastic like semi manager. Uh, it's a yeah, you know, I mean, of course, he's retired from wrestling, which is a bummer because uh, Ric Flair was still wrestling at the time. Yeah, um, but if we left that out of it, uh, he he. He has been a leader of a faction so many times, and all of those factions have been like successful, popular factions. Yeah. But I believe his presence brings with it an air of invincibility. And so, yeah. That's why. No, that's, it, it, <laughs> it's hard to see that type of, like, this type of, of faction come together mm-hmm. without putting triple, like, because honestly, you could just. Make it the old evolution plus one young dude. True. Like, <laughs> True. You could move Randy Orton up into the veteran spot. You could keep Batista in the heavy spot. Like it's all, it's all there. Um, so my veteran, uh, or my my kind of aged veteran would be Kenny Omega. Um, okay. I think that he has a watchability that is unlike anybody else in the business right now. Um, I think that right now, I think that for the last. I don't know, six or seven years, his name has popped up all over the place, even before AEW. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, he was, he was the five-star match guy. Um, and now he's kind of taking, taking on more, you know, character roles and that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that, that the combo of like Bully Ray and, uh, Kenny Omega could be a Uh, lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I did initially put Orton in my uh, <laughs> in my veteran spot because he is 20. I mean, he's been in the business 20 yeah. years now. He is really filled into that role. But I'm going to switch to my second choice, which is actually Seth Rollins. Now, Seth Rollins hasn't been around as long. He's been around, but he's been in the WWE for 10 years now. Did you realize that? Yeah. It's been 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting Seth Rollins in there. I want him to, I mean, I don't want him to because I like his character now, but to be in this role, he would have to drop his weird suit and weird mannerism gimmick that he's doing lately. Oh, yeah. And go back to the the kind of character he was when Triple H was building him up. The curb stomping. Uh, the curb stomping. Yeah. Uh, title stealing. Uh, Seth Rollins. But I really think he has that ability to, to be the next Triple H when that time comes. Um, so... That's who I'm sticking with. Okay. Uh, so moving on to our heavy, okay. uh, the 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 muscle of the group, the guy that, that can just walk in, and when he walks in, he's like the uh, kind of guy. Um, I'm going with Will Hobbs from AEW. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I mean, just... Yeah, I didn't even think about like, Hobbs. You just look at that guy, and he is uh, darker Batista. 
<laughs> and that's really what it is. He's just he's just muscles on muscles. He can he's he's strong. He's powerful. He's fast, and he's young, so he still kind of has some some growth. Um, and putting him with some older guys, and putting him in a kind of a group where he doesn't have to carry the load of everything. Yeah. Um, I really like Will Hobbs, and he's been, he has been wrestling. I mean. <laughs> The hard part is finding guys who haven't been wrestling for 15 years up to this point. Right, right, right. I mean, right, it right. really is hard. Even guys you you really haven't heard of, it's like, you've been wrestling for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so, Will Hobbs is kind of my guy on that one. All right. For mine, I picked uh, Braun Breaker uh, for for many of the same reasons. It's good that he he's, he's young. He doesn't really have to have the leadership aspect. He's bigger. He can just come in and wreck house, destroy everything, and be the intimidating muscle. Um He's he's still young enough in the WWE sphere, anyway, the NXT sphere, to be molded into something uh, more intimidating. And I mean, like they, he's kind of intimidating, but he's also kind of goofy. Yeah, the way his character is now, I think if they tightened up that intimidating uh, aspect of it, it would be good. He's like both versions of the Steiners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, for obvious reasons. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, that's who I picked for heavy. Uh, And my rising star would be Will Ospreay from uh, New Japan. Um, Not a lot of people know Will. He is is a young guy. He's in his 20s. Um, But he's another one of those guys that if you get too much further than WWE or AEW in wrestling, like, you hear this name a lot. Yeah. Um, I would want him to – he does a lot of – acrobatics for his look because he still has like a randy orton look yeah um but he does a lot of like flips and different stuff like that i would probably get him to do a little less of that sort of stuff um and just kind of more a little more straightforward um but i think i think he's great i really actually wanted to put la knight in this until i realized that la knight is almost 40 (laughs) like la knight you don't realize has wrestled for every major promotion yeah Except for AEW, like he was in Impact and he was in NWA and he was in WWE before and he wrestled in ECW, I think, for a little bit. And like that's that's crazy. Um, so and like how how are you kind of booking your? Well, I haven't given you my other. Guy oh yet. oh yeah, I'm sorry. You're you're <laughs> fourth guy. You can't can't have a four man faction with three dudes. Yeah. So. Who's your rising star? So I mean, I'm not. This this might have been a little bit of a fudge as well because I'm not sure if people would consider him a rising star given his position in AEW. But I think if you brought him over now to WWE, he would have to climb that way back up. And that character is MJF. Yeah, he's uh, 24. I consider him yeah, a rising star. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he just because he's in the title picture over yeah. at AEW, he already feels like an established yeah. uh, guy. But um, I feel like. He is currently in, in the mode that he's in right now with the very um, the very snarky and sarcastic and entitled kind of, you know, I'm better than you mode is, is great to start with. I think putting that in this kind of stable position to where we can take his sinister level up a little bit more. Yeah. Like turn him into uh, just like Orton did, you know, make him make him just a t- touch evil. You know, just mm. that just that little hint of evil in the background to where he's not only a, you know, bullheaded, snarky, um, you know, cocky guy, but Dude where when he needs to be, he can be a absolute monster. Yeah. Just a sinister, you know, poke your eye out with a you know, 
finger hammer or whatever. <laughs> whatever tool. <laughs> whatever you, you poke use. eyes what do, what out with. What do we get Ray Mysterio's eye out with? I don't remember. Remember uh, hanging out? The steps? Was yeah. that what it was? How did the eye hang that. out then? There I don't think it a, did it. Oh, yeah. They had like a whole thing where it was this very, very quick shot from a camera far away where you see like this little eyeball <laughs> hanging out of his socket. That was such a terrible idea. <laughs> the horror show. Oh, I, extreme hated, I hated that. I hated that so much. <laughs> so how are you kind of booking your guys? How are you putting, how are you bringing your, your team together and then what are they, what are they going to do? I mean, bringing them together. Uh, is is hard to hard to book other than because you know you don't always see factions build up that quickly. It's sometimes just like, hey, we're a faction now. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the best way to be doing this is kind of the reverse of what they did with Evolution. With Evolution, they you know built them all together as like they had this chemistry you know on screen, and then they started yeah. taking all the titles. I think what would be great is having all four of these characters win a title individually, separately from everybody else, and then reveal they've been working together the whole time and have them Ooh. all come out as as champions Ooh. and uh and uh like set up this immediate dominance. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I would think like for this I, I just have the kind of this image in my head of like Will Ospreay and he's he's you know, this is and 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 you got to play the long con with some of this stuff. Um, everybody knows my my uh, affinity for um, long story, long form storytelling. But mm-hmm. um, you know, having Will Ospreay come in and he's like the next big thing. You know, which they always call it everybody the next big thing or whatever. But um, and he has he has some luck. He has some good things, and then everything's just it's downhill for like. Two months, he's just mm. losing and losing, and he's he's a job or to the point where when he comes out, you know he's just jobbing for somebody. They stop playing his music. Yeah, he's, he's just, in just the ring he's, already. he's in the ring when commercial <laughs> when the commercial break is over. Um, they're not even saying his full name. They're just like Will's over here, <laughs> that guy, um, his opponent, Will, and <laughs> Will. Uh, and you know one he has one match and it's just it's it's it goes downhill for him he loses again the winner gets out of the ring and this and and will is just in the ring and he is distraught and he has no idea what to do and then you know he's walking backstage and he's got his he's he's hanging his head low and then he just kind of like he bumps into bully ray and Ken, and Kenny Omega and they both just kind of look at him and they look at each other and then they look back and he's like yeah, he'll do. And then, like the next week, the four of them come out. Mm. You know, because you don't have to. You don't have to have a reason to bring Will Hobbs into your <laughs> right into your faction. Everybody knows why Will Hobbs is there. Hey, Will um, Hobbs, we're gonna go break stuff. You want to come? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're gonna go hurt some people. You want to come? Yes, I do. Most certainly do. You had a lot um, more storytelling in, in yours than mine. I'm a storyteller. That's, That's what I do. It's I what was I there. Do. I was transported. Um, you know, and then and then I I love your idea of having one faction win every piece of gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I saw I saw a post that was and it was obviously making fun of them, but you know it showed Roman Reigns and the Usos and. Like Roman had the WWE championship, 
the Universal title, the NXT title, the uh, the North American title, and the Usos had both the SmackDown and Raw tag team titles, and the NXT tag titles, and then the uh, then the women's tag titles, <laughs> and one of them had you know the. Um, the Intercontinental title, and, and it's like everybody was like, oh, yeah, because this is what they're doing. It's like Paul Heyman's wearing the 24-7 championship. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why would that be a bad thing? That would be dope. Like, why, why can't we have, like, one faction just win everything, and then there's an entire pay-per-view devoted just to fighting those guys, mm-hmm. and they're in every single match, and it's... And we've had factions that have done that. Um, Undisputed Era was one in NXT. You forget NXT did that, yeah. Yeah, they all had the titles. Uh, Evolution did do that. Uh, I don't know if every one of them had the titles, but at one point, at least three of them are holding a title. Um, Degeneration X did that with, uh, at one point... They had the world championship, they had the European yeah. championship, the tag championships, and the women's championship. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's a beautiful thing when those things come together. And yeah. uh, so I'm not hating this whole uh, bloodline collecting all the belts thing, because you know that's what's going to happen at Backlash. And it makes all of their, it makes it makes their fall, which eventually is going to happen, fall. look amazing. Yeah. And, it, and you can put, you know, if, if... And when, if Cody Rhodes uh, beats Roman Reigns, I mean, not that Cody Rhodes needs the push, but he's going to get it. Oh, my gosh. The pop for Cody Rhodes, and then Cody Rhodes is set. I mean, he's... Honestly, of all the people in WWE right now, that's who I want to be the one to take down Roman Reigns. He's doing great, isn't he? It's going to be fantastic. And I'm and I, sorry, we won't get on a whole different Cody Rhodes thing. I'm just really liking his character. I mean, we can. Really liking this character. I'm really liking the uh, kind of uh, humility at the same time as the uh, determination of what he wants to do coming through in his his promos. Yeah, it's it's this doing it for Dusty thing is really and gosh dang it WWE. You have to make it happen, okay? You can't let him come out and say that, that that's the one thing that his dad never got to do, and he wants to do it, tell that whole heartbreaking story about how, you know, it didn't count, he wasn't really the champion or whatever, the one time he saw the picture of his dad holding it, and then not put the belt on Cody Rhodes at some point. You've got to make it happen. you got to do it. Got to do it. Please. Well, those are our uh, our favorite, our, our factions. Um... I think they're pretty formidable teams. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd be excited. WWE, AEW, make it happen. AEW, mine seems more likely to happen. Yes. Because AEW will hire New Japan guys, and they'll hire Bully Ray. And I don't know if Bully Ray would go work for AEW, though. I don't think he has real high thoughts about them. But You don't think so? No, nah, I don't think so. But I don't think Bully Ray likes anybody. <laughs> He's a bully. He's a bully. Yeah, That's what they do. Bubba to Bully Ray. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking more factions, so keep it here. This week in Nerd History, the hunt for Nessie. Nerd History. In 1933, George Spicer went for a drive with his wife through the Scottish Highlands. The couple saw a large, unfamiliar creature pass in front of their car and disappear into nearby Loch Ness. 
They later described the creature as having a huge body with no limbs and a long neck. A few weeks later, a motorcyclist made similar claims, describing a prehistoric marine creature with four large fins and a long neck. These reported sightings sparked excitement among the general public and drew many more visitors to the lake, hoping to catch a sight of what would soon be dubbed the Loch Ness Monster. But was it real? In November of that year, the first piece of photographic evidence emerged, a blurry, streaked photo that kind of appeared to show the shape of a long-necked animal in the water. However, many people also said it looked more like a dog with a big stick in its mouth. However, a few months later, on April 21st, 1934, the Daily Mail published what is arguably the most famous picture of the monster, known as the Surgeon's Photograph. The photo was reportedly made by a doctor named Robert Kenneth Wilson. The photograph depicts the trademark long neck of Nessie emerging from rippling water. For decades, believers and critics debated the authenticity of this photograph with a myriad of theories about its subject. This photo and the tales behind it brought hundreds to Loch Ness that year, thousands more in the years to come. In fact, even to this day, Nessie fans come in hopes to spot the elusive creature. Of course, there's a reason why no one has gotten another photo because even this one was suspect when you really saw the whole thing. The Daily Mail cropped the photo for publication, but the full photo greatly reduces the size appearance compared to the water, to where it seems that it's only a couple feet long. In 1994, Christopher Sperling verified the photograph was a hoax by admitting his involvement in its production. Sperling was the stepson of Marmaduke Wetherill, a famed big-game hunter who had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find the Loch Ness Monster. After getting caught in a hoax Making giant footprints, Wetherill, hoping to restore his credibility, enlisted Sperling's help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it on a toy submarine. Robert Kenneth Wilson was chosen to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor. Though the photo is not proof of a monster in Loch Ness, it does stand as an important part of photo history and serves as a reminder of photography's fickle relationship with the truth. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. And welcome back to the Two Words Podcast, where our two words today is group project. That's right, we're talking about factions. The best factions, the worst factions, and who has too many or too little of them. Um, and, you know, factions always seem to really, they can really make or break. Mm-hmm. And if you do them right, they can really make people. But if you do them wrong, you almost somehow can bury four pieces of talent at one time. And likely get a couple of them fired yeah i mean because <laughs> someone's got to be blamed for it yeah and and usually it's like it's like all four of them and somehow you know i think a, a big part of the problem especially in wwe is that they just immediately bury people that they put together yeah they don't um they, they make a big deal about these factions coming together and then they don't push them correctly and then when they're not received correctly because of that they blame the faction as a whole. Like, nope, this was a bad idea. These people don't work too well together. Yeah. Let's break up the Hurt Business for no reason and then put them back together a few months later and then break them up again for no reason. Yeah, and, you know, in, in looking at my list of best and worst, you know, two of the worst factions wasn't even really their fault because I have the League of Nations. Um, I also have them on here. Yeah. yeah, League of Nations was awful. 
but it shouldn't have been. Right. League of Nations is a was a was a group of talent of oh, yeah. monster talent. Every single one of them. Absolutely. Um, but almost immediately they were they were mid carded or they were they yeah. became the jokes of you know the butts of the of the segments or whatever. Yeah, I think uh, I think Sheamus had the world title for a hot second. I think literally like a week, and then they were mid carded right yeah. after that, which is a big bummer. But it did really feel like uh, well, we don't know what to do with all these characters, and they all have accents, so yeah. Let's make up a team. Let's uh, let's be anti-American team. <laughs> That's what it was. That's really what it is. But like you had, you know, you had uh, Rusev and you had Wade Barrett, um, Wade Barrett, and um, Sheamus. And who's, who's the, the fourth one? Fourth. Or who's the fourth? Wow, Alberto remember. Del Rio. Oh, that's right. Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio was the less ta- least talented person. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> he was the least likable person in that group. But, but, still. All, of, but all of them were great. Yeah, all, all of them were great. Them were great. Um, the social act casts, I think, were this, was the same thing. I got that on here, too. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Heath Slater and Adam Rose and Curtis Axel, uh, who Curtis Axel may actually be taking a producer spot. Uh, with WWE, he had a producer tryout. Oh, okay. One of his segments. I'll have to go rewatch that segment. Um, but it could be uh, exciting. Um, Felt like kind of a knockoff of 3MB. I think it was too close to 3MB. It might have been. And people liked 3MB. Or at least like, we liked 3MB. Yeah, I like 3MB. <laughs> um, you know, but it was like they put them together, and it was only it was immediately like, "Hey, how stupid are these guys?" Yeah. Um, Bo Lee. Bo, you know, like yeah, you put Bo Dallas, and at that time you put Bo Dallas in anything, and it's <laughs> it's gonna be rough. Um, another one of my least favorites, uh, the Mean Street Posse. Yeah, I got them on here like, too. Who We're watched the Mean Street here. Posse and was like, "This was a good idea. This is this is Attitude <laughs> Era at its best." They had some comedic value, but like the original two guys had zero wrestling training no. at all. Uh, the third guy they eventually brought in, Joey or whatever his name was, it was a wrestler. But this caused them to be reckless, uh, and they actually caused a few injuries too because they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Didn't even know how to pull punches. No. So people and didn't want to work with them. That's that's, uh, that's <laughs> and that's why they were pretty much relegated to uh, hardcore matches, which is essentially twenty four seven championship matches. Which is today. hilarious that guys that 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 group of guys and that care those characters of guys were like oh we put them in hardcore matches that's yeah <laughs> that's what we're gonna do um probably the worst faction of all time the dungeon of doom that's a, yeah okay i mean just they had one goal and it was to destroy hulk hogan and they failed miserably <laughs> this was it was it was kevin sullivan at his absolute worst booking <laughs> um one of them was dressed like a shark right it was <laughs> I like, forgot. Oh gosh, they, it was all, Kamala, and it was, somehow right? it was all the worst. The, the guys in the worst shape. Yeah, like none of them were in very good shape. Um, <laughs> and wow. and they're you know, and then they were trying to do like the cinematic stuff with like you know Hulk Hogan in a cave and he's you know being kidnapped or whatever. Like yeah, it was some. What's some, going on, brother? What's going on, brother? What's with all this smoke, brother? Dude. <laughs> Um, also when they tried to, uh, reboot, you know, sometimes you have a great 
tag team or great group like the Legion of Doom mm-hmm. that turns into a bad group like the Legion of Doom 2000, where they <laughs> wore welders masks and uh, they added draws, draws and Sunny. And then they had that terrible uh, alcoholism, yep. suicide gimmick. That and they, that and that 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 turned into real life. So awful. that's the thing. And I have one uh, faction that I say is on my worst. But I don't think it's their fault. Uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Mm, yeah. I like these three wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I like the look they have. I like the, I like everything about them. I just don't like that they're on this same show as the Dark Order. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that they get almost no... Like, I love the idea of like them being mercenaries and kind of hitmen, you know? Um, like, MJF's kind of not really lackeys, but like the guy, you know, working for him and that sort of stuff. Um, I just think it's a little little too close to dark order and like dark order steals the show yeah so yeah do you have any other any other just terrible factions i got a few more here um x factor this was x factor x new stable after dx finally disintegrated where he joined up with albert and just incredible or, yeah. I think the article I read was, uh, what if I told you that Jeff Hardy once got beat up by Just Incredible and Prince Al for Albert? <laughs> <laughs> any any faction Albert was in was awful. Any tag team, any anything, and any of his any of his uh, variations as well. What was the last, the latest one? Tensai. Tensai, yeah. That was weird. The Super Shredder. Always been weird. Um, I got the Job Squad. Uh, I think the idea was great, like mid-undercarders joining forces, but um, it showed you how unnecessary it was when they finally let um, Al Snow and Bob Holly off the leash because yeah. they became like the draws for the hardcore championship yeah. for a while. Like they were the. In- I mean, I wanted to watch their matches more than many of the main uh, main events back then. Um, we got Cosmic Wasteland. From Cody, Cody Rhodes, um, Cody Rhodes as Stardust oh, with yeah. the Ascension, which is the LOD ripoffs. Gosh, I forgot <laughs> they did that. And they had one feud with Neville and Stephen Amell, Green Arrow, and then they were done. I remember that. <laughs> and my last one is kind of a sad one. Um, like you remember, I don't remember what the name of the stable was called, but for for a little while there was Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, and some other guy, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. in Legacy. Legacy. Legacy, that's what it was. Legacy. Well, there was a, a similar um, similar faction in TNA called the Next Generation. Okay. This was Brian Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler's son. Yeah. Eric Watts, son of Bill Watts, and David Flair, the, okay. the late David okay. Flair, son of Ric Flair. Uh, this also, was a very very similar. Oh, they all yeah, yeah. Two of them are. Two of them. You're right. I forgot. Um, but anyway, this this this. this oh, this that's was, not why it was sad. That's not why it was sad. Oh man, no, that's why it was sad. But it's about to get. Really but the reason sad. it was it was bad was because they brought out these characters banking on the names of their fathers that as the idea of the work. faction, and they had a fraction of the ability and the charisma, and it just. It was the biggest nothing burger faction that was built up to be something huge. Yeah, uh, in my memory. Yeah, TNA had another one, uh, Magnificent Seven. 
No, WCW had Magnificent Seven. Okay, yeah, I was about to say. And it was like Sting and Scott. It was just a bunch of old dudes. Yeah. (laughs) There was the the old age uh, outlaws. You remember that? (laughs) That Vince Russo put together in WCW as a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's... Old that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, uh, so as as far as like best factions, though, I mean, there's almost too many to count. Yeah, we've talked about quite a few, or at least a few of them here in the last several weeks with like NWO um, and DX. Yeah, you know, NWO, NWO. Though what's what's funny is you could put them on the best and then also the worst. Oh, absolutely. Because there's basically two versions of of the yeah. same faction. But if you um, if you look at it as just those main three guys before it got super out of hand, yeah, like it changed wrestling forever. And uh, yeah, I mean, had they stayed at just um, the original three. Added six uh, or added six six. That was his name, yeah. Xbox. His, okay, Xbox. I can't remember if it was six X-Pax. or six. Um, they added six, and then there was one guy they added right after that. I don't remember who. If they had kept it at like a four or five man faction, it would have been really really fun. I agree. Yeah, if they kept um, it relatively small. DX. I've loved. I I genuinely actually love every version of yeah. DX, and I love I love Shawn Michaels. I mean, I'm just. That's that's my guy, you know. Um, are we just gonna? Are, is, does X does X Pac make factions? Is that what? <laughs> is that what it is? X Pac like, is better in a team. X Pac is he's fantastic. Not, he's in not a team. great in a vacuum by himself. Um, but but D- DX DX changed with the product. It did, yeah. Um, because like they would have never put the original DX on, you know, in the universal era as they call it. Right. Um, and so they're like, okay, we'll just we'll just kind of change it up. Mm-hmm. Um I liked the Spirit Squad. You like the Spirit Squad? I I like <laughs> So it's one of those when you look at it from a perspective of like, can't just you, come in here and say that you have to have a bad guy <laughs> that is just unbelievably hateable. Okay, they they nailed it. Okay, I would agree with you in the fact that they were everyone hated them because they were supposed to. Yeah, like they they were the Miz of this situation. Like yeah. that you were supposed to not like them being on the screen, and so they did have that chemistry for that. I think they did their job well. I agree. I would agree with that. And we got Dolph Ziggler out of. And we got Dolph Ziggler. Nikki. Uh, <laughs> I've got a. We already talked about evolution. Evolution is on here, but you know they just they represent dominance in my eyes. Uh, but I got the inner circle on here, the first big uh, heel faction at AEW. Yeah, I think that was a great faction to start off the promotion with because yeah. you automatically had established villains because of that. And uh, of course, anything that Chris Jericho touches that way. That way, <laughs> that sounded inappropriate. Anyway, <laughs> Chris Jericho is a part of like that is uh, okay by me. Find my book. Yeah, um, gonna gonna go to TNA. Ooh, uh, aces and eights. Mm, okay, let's just talk about how aces and eights might be the best thing that ever happened in TNA. Um, 
it, they had great chemistry. They had a great, they were able to tell really good stories. Every member of aces and eights was really good. Um, they were like, they were a biker gang without being like a weird biker. Get like they wore leather, but it wasn't like weird leather, you know, <laughs> like they weren't all dressed like, um, like, like a village person. They wore leather, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't weird. like a weird leather, you know, like, like a fun leather. Know. There were there was less rings and chains and such, because <laughs> um, like I said, I you know, yeah. I, I really like so that, everything that Bully Ray puts puts together. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like there were four guys in that, right? And two sets of them looked exactly the same. Um, like there were two bald guys with goatees and two long-haired guys with goatees. Um, I know that it was <laughs> Bully and Devon. Um, was was in there too? I think he was, wasn't he? I don't remember. Maybe Members. I'm I might be thinking of a different group then. You forget that. Um, you forget that it almost turned into like an NWA thing or yeah. NWO thing. Um, Bully Ray, uh, Garrett Bischoff, and Taz. Oh, okay. I'm thinking um, of a completely different group. I apologize. Devon and D Lo were. D-Lo? D-Lo Brown was in there. I didn't even know D-Lo was in there anymore. Yeah, D-Lo Brown was in there. I didn't even know D-Lo went to TNA. Yep. Uh, Mr. Anderson was in. Wow. Uh, Tito Ortiz. Okay, so it did become a big thing. I'm remembering that now. Leva Bates, who you'll remember, became Blue Pants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was fun. And on Wikipedia, there's just a guy named Mike. 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 It's Mike. Mike and Mike. All right. I got uh, the Wyatt family. I really like. Oh, man. I really like cultish kind of factions of that nature. Uh, and uh, this one had, I mean, this one could have gone a lot farther. It had a lot of potential to keep going. I mean, I, I don't hate what they did with the Fiend and, and you know, the, the kind of Mr. Rogers uh, Bray Wyatt character. I mean, I really, really liked that storyline. But I still hate that it was at the expense of. Bray Wyatt and the uh, the Wyatt family had had they had it always been the plan to go back to the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have hated the Fiend, but and I don't hate the Fiend. To say I hated the Fiend was a bad a bad thing to say, but um, yeah, and and they did horror really good. Mm-hmm. Like they were the last ones that did like the weird and horror very well. And this is this is the problem with. The Wyatt family, why the Wyatt family, I think in my eyes, failed is because they kept booking them to lose. They kept booking them as this big overarching villain. And then by the time the pay per view came, they would always lose. I think the biggest waste of the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt's character there was having him lose to The Undertaker. I thought that that buildup of the new face of fear would be the perfect passing of the torch to who would become the new Undertaker, who would become the new face of fear. But instead, they didn't. Instead, they're like, let's just drill a, a nail in this coffin. A Bray Wyatt will never be the next Undertaker. Yeah. I think that um, the biggest problem with the Wyatt family uh, was realized when Brody Lee went to the Dark Order because the Dark Order is on my list because the Dark Order is 
you know, in a in a company full of factions that have no purpose, as I've said before, yeah. Um, in AEW, they are a step above everybody, um, and and that's mostly because of Brody Lee's uh, uh, whatever Le- legacy. I don't know. Yeah, it's be- because of his <laughs> influence. Because of his influence. Yeah, because of because of his uh, because like he of what wasn't, he, he wasn't he didn't actually get to be in the faction for all that long. No, but for the time that he was in it, it did see a fundamental shift in yeah. how that stable performed. And I'm kind of mad at myself for not putting them on my list as well. But I'm glad you did. But oh. you, you you can kind of see what what the Wyatt family could have become. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, you could have let that guy talk too. Right. Like hillbillies that are that can talk like that are you kidding me <laughs> let's go uh, i've got the corporate ministry on here um i think that this this kind of suffered from nwo syndrome in that it had way too many members but uh it was awesome to see this weird dark spiritual yet corporate entity in control of the wwe for a little while like it was uh almost it's almost video game esque, you know, where there's like this, yeah. this secret corporation that's actually run by demons, or, you know, something like that. Like that, it had that real kind of sci fi ish feel to it. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, and I have one more. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And you want me to do my last one? Yeah, go ahead. My last one's one. The Bullet Club. Uh, I think also it, <laughs> NWO syndrome, but the initial Bullet Club faction that kind of started with New Japan, but then became like this major, massive indie circuit hype factory. Um, it was like creating a legend in real time. Like, I think you mentioned this before on the podcast, like people were buying the shirts at Hot Topic, yeah. had no idea who the people were, aren't even yeah. wrestling fans, but it became like this cultural phenomenon just for the fact that they were like, hey, we're going to do this without any of the big name brands. And uh, that was kind of like this, the first seeds to uh, building AEW, building yeah. the elite, which I think was yeah. uh, very poetic. The thing that kept Bullet Club from, be- Bullet Club from becoming an NWO thing um, was that they didn't really add people until someone left. That's true. It did so at least like, stay around like 10 or less. Yeah, like Prince Fergus or Fergal or whatever they were calling him in New Japan, uh, Finn Balor, uh, he didn't take over until AJ Styles was gone from the company. Correct. Um, and Jay White didn't really take over until somebody else was gone from the company. Yeah. Um, so I think... I think that they, they that's how they've avoided that. Um, and last on my list, I don't think we can talk about factions without talking about the original faction, and that would be the Four Horsemen. Um, Love it. I mean, and, and they set a blueprint. They set that evolution bull, blueprint, kind yeah. of. You know, you had you had your, your super talent, and you had your great speaker in, uh, in Ric Flair, and you had your heavies with... Uh, with Arn and Ole Anderson, and you know you had the you had Tully Blanchard, um, and over the years, you know th- there were there were different guys in there, but you know you always look at every version of the Four Horsemen, and you're like, that's a good group of dudes. Even when Dean Malenko and uh, Perry Saturn, Saturn. Perry, I think Perry Perry Saturn was a horseman. Um, the rabid Wolverine we were just talking about. Oh, um, the yeah, the guy that must not be named. I can't think of his name automatically no. either. 
Chris Golden Benoit. Benoit. There Chris we go. Benoit. Golly. <laughs> what a brain brick wall we had right yeah. there. <laughs> um, yeah, I so, forgot that he was in that too. So I yeah. loved that, and I, I think the one of the defining things about that too is that that was long before our our era. That was yeah. long before we started watching. Long, yeah, I think maybe before you were even born when that was first established. Uh, yeah, or, or really close. Um, anyway, it was it's such a lasting concept because they've continued to tease, you know. Four group, uh, you know, groups of four teaming up as a four horsemen esque thing. We've had that with, you know, the four horse women uh, thing, which yeah. never really, you know, materialized, but was constantly teased. And there's several pictures of all four of them, you know, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey doing the the four yeah. symbol. Um, like we had it with the radicals, which had two of them that were in there, but that was also a kind of four horsemen esque teased thing. Yeah, like every 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 era of factions where we get a team of four, they're always compared to the four horsemen. Yeah, and that is just as big of a legacy as anything left by NWO or DX or, or any of these newer. Newer, quote unquote, but any of the the ones that followed. Yeah. Uh, so I absolutely agree; they belong on that list. Yeah. Well, those are our list of uh, favorites and worst. Did we miss any? Do you think we uh, we 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 left somebody off the list that should have been given the list? Well, head over to our socials at Two Words LTN. Uh, that's any social media you want to gripe at us on uh and we are there uh head on over there and let us know what you think uh we thank you for tuning in uh and we will be back in a couple of weeks do we have anything else we don't have any pay-per-views coming up do we uh not that we're watching the next that one we're, we're watching is uh summer, summer Slam, Slam, so it's yeah. still a while away so we'll be there well uh we are we are so glad that you joined us we'll be back in a couple of weeks um how many more episodes we got um let's see Two, I think. Just two, two more, more for the okay. season until we take our summer break. Ooh, summer break. Summer, summer break. vacation. Ooh, yeah. I mean, may, let me make sure that. Hold on. So, yeah, the 21st, which is today, the uh, 5th and the 19th. So, yeah. So, we'll be back on May 5th. Super cool. And then the last one for the season will be the 19th. Dope. I am so excited for that, and we hope you guys are excited for that. Uh, so, if, like I said, if uh, you're not subscribed to all of our socials, uh, just head on over to at Two Words LTN. Click that like button, that subscribe button. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, just kind of anywhere where you get your favorite podcasts. Um, and we are there, listening, hearing our sweet, sultry, audible chocolate. And like I said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. But until then, my name is John. His name's Matt. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you.